Hello and welcome to Serrated Edge. Today I'm going to be reading, um... What If by Randall Munro. A chapter from What If, um, by Randall Munro. You said that too quickly. The chapter is called Hair Dryer. Um, so in What If, basically, um... They... So... This guy, um, he, it, it says serious scientific answers to absurd hypothetical questions. That's the, um, yeah. So, basically, yeah. What if? Enjoy. Hair dryer. Hair dryer. What would happen if a hair dryer with continuous power were turned on and put in an airtight one- by one by one meter box. That dry paratrooper says that. I don't think that's his real name for some reason. Anyway, answer. A typical hair dryer draws 1,875 watts of power. All 1,875 watts have to go somewhere, somewhere. No matter what happens inside the box, if it's using 1,875 watts of power, eventually there will be 1,875 watts of heat flowing out. This is true of any device that uses power, which is hand, which is a handy thing to know. For example, people were worried about leaving disconnected chargers plugged into the wall for fear they're draining power. Are they right? Heat flow analysis provides a simple rule of thumb. Thumb, not thumb. If an unused charger isn't warm to the touch, it's using less than a penny of electricity a day. For smartphone charger, it's not. If it's not warm to the touch, it's using less than a penny a year. This is true of almost any powered device. They're not necessarily necessarily those plugged into a second device if a charger is connected to something like a smartphone or a laptop power can be flowing from the wall through the charger into the device put but back to the box heat will flow from the hair dryer out into the box if we assume the dryer is indestructible the interior of the box will keep getting hotter until the outer surface reaches about 60 degrees Celsius, 140 degrees Fahrenheit. At that temperature, the box will be losing heat to the outside as fast as the hair dryer is adding it inside, and the system will be in equi- equilibrium. We're- this loud box is warm. We're friends now. It's warmer than my parents. It's my new parents. The equipment equilibrium i don't know that word still temperature will be a a bit cooler if there's a breeze or if the box is sitting on a wet or metallic surface that conducts away heat quickly if the box is made of metal it will be hot enough to burn your hand if you touch it for more than five seconds if it's wood you can probably touch it for a while but there's a danger that parts that parts of the box contact with the mouth uh but there's a danger that the part that parts of the box in contact with the mouth of the hair dryer will will catch fire the inside of the box will be like an oven the temperature it reaches will depend on the thickness of the box 
wall. The thicker and more insulating the wall, the higher the temperature. It wouldn't take a very thick box to create temperatures high enough to burn out the hairdryer. But let's assume it's an indestructible hairdryer. And if we have something as cool as an indestructible hairdryer, it seems a shame to limit it to 1,875 watts. With the 1,750 watts, look, eight, no, 18,750 watts flowing out of the hairdryer, the surface of the box reaches over 200 degrees Celsius, 475 degrees Fahrenheit, as hot as a low s skillet on low medium. Loud box is making breakfast. I wonder how high this dial goes. There's a distressing am amount of space is left on the dial. The surface of the box is now 600 degrees Celsius, hot enough to glow a dim red. Loud box, you are too hot. If it's made of aluminum, the inside is starting to, me to melt. It is made of. If it's made of lead, the outside is starting to melt. If it's on a wood floor, the house is on fire. But it doesn't matter what's happening around it. The hairdryer is indestructible. Two megawatts pumped into a two meg. Oh wait, so the it's right now it's at uh one thousand eight hundred one eighty seven kilowatts. Uh, but two megawatts pumped into a laser is enough to destroy missiles. At three at 1,300 degrees Celsius. The box is now about the temperature of lava. Ah! One more notch. 1,018.7 milliwatts. This hairdryer is probably not up to code. Now, 18 megawatts are flowing into the box. Whirr. The surface of the box reaches... 24,000 degrees Celsius. If it were steel, it would have melted by now. If it's made of something like tung tungsten, it might conceivably last a little longer. Just one more, then we'll stop. 187 milliwatts. Wait, megawatts, not milliwatts. And this much power, 187 mil megawatts, is enough to make the box glow white. Not a lot of of materials can survive these conditions, so we'll have to assume the box is indestructible. The floor is made of lava. Unfortunately, the floor isn't indestructible. Before it can burn its way through the floor, somebody, someone throws lava. a water balloon under it. The burst of steam launches the box out the front door and onto the sidewalk. 1.87 gigawatts. We're at 1.875 gigawatts. I lied about something. According to Back to the Future, the hairdryer is now drawing enough power to travel back in time. The box is blindingly bright, and you can't get closer than a few hundred meters due to the intense heat. It sits in the middle in the middle of a growing pool of lava. Anything with 50 to 100 me meters bursts into flame. A column of heat and smoke rise in high into the air. Periodic explosions of, ga of gas beneath the box launch it into the air, and it starts fi 
fires and forms a new lava pool where it lands. We keep turning the dial. At 1.87 gigawatts, the conditions around the box are similar to those on the pad during a space shuttle launch. The box begins to be tossed around by the powerful updrafts it's creating. In 1984, 1914, H.G. Wells imagined devices like this in the world in in his book The World Set Free. He wrote of a type of of bomb that, instead of exploding once, exploded continuously, a, splo- a slow-burn inferno that started in- inextinguishable fires in the hearts of cities. The story eerily foreshadowed the development, 30 years later, of nu- nuclear weapons. The box is now soaring through the air. Each time it nears the ground, it superheats the surface, and the plume of expanding air hurls it back into the sky. The outpouring of 1.875 terawatts is like a house-sized stack of TNT going off every second. Okay, we got a trail of firestorms, massive conflagrations that sustain themselves by creating their own wind systems, winds its way across the landscape. A new milestone. We're at... 18.7 18.7 terawatts. The hairdryer is now, and possibly, consuming more power than every other electrical device on the planet combined. 1.87 terawatts. Um, the box, soaring high above the surface, is putting out energy equivalent to three Trinity tests every second. At this point, the pattern is obvious. This thing is going to skip around the atmosphere until it destroys the planet. Let's try something different. We turn the dial to zero as the box, because there's no more space on the dial. We, we turn the dial to zero as the box is passing over northern Canada. Rapidly cooling, it plummets to Earth, landing in Great Bear Lake with a plume of steam. And then... In this case, that's 11 petawatts. Wow. A brief story. The official record for the fastest man-made object is the Helios 2 probe, which reached about 70 kilometers 70 kilometers per second and a close swing around the sun. But it's possible the actual holder of that title is a two-ton metal manhole cover. The cover that sat atop atop a shaft in an underground nuclear test site is operated by Los Alamos as part of Operation Plumbob, whatever. When the one kiloton nuke went off below, the facility affected effectively became a nuclear potato cannon, giving the cap a gigantic kick. A high-speed camera trained on the lid caught only one frame of it moving upward before it vanished, which means it was moving at a minimum of 66 kilometers per second. The cap was never found. Now, 66 kilometers per second is about six times escape velocity, but contrary to common speculation, it's Unlikely the cap ever reached space. Newton's impact depth approximation suspects it was either 
completely by impact with the air or slowed and fell back to Earth. When we turn back on our reacti our reactivated hairdryer bobbing in lake water undergoes a similar process. The heated steam below it expands outward and the box rises into the air. The entire surface of the lake turns to steam. The steam, heated by plasma by a flood of radiation, accelerates the box faster and faster. Rather than slam into the atmosphere like the manhole cover, the box flies through a bubble of expanding plasma that offers little resistance. It it exits the atmosphere and continues away, slowly fading from sun, from second to sun to dim star. Much of the Northwest Territories is burning, but the Earth survived. However, a few of us may wish we hadn't, because this little boy right here. Hi. Used too much power, and their family got a huge power bill. Oh well. <sighs> That's over. This episode was written and produced by Gavin Snyder. We, uh, as always, it was narrated by me as well as my brother Luke. And if you would like to support Shared Edge. Please subscribe wherever you listen, tell a friend about us, make a poster, or send in an audio recording so we can feature it in a future episode. Bye.